Hello to all my people, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're most definitely my people. Welcome to another episode of Botch Pots and Share Shots. We still have high hopes of delivering quality wrestling content, but if not, we'll deliver mediocre wrestling content. But we'll sprinkle in some independent wrestling and special guests, you know, so we still get over. I'm your host, a chef by trade and a mark by choice. I am the Will Gray, and I'm glad to be here with you today on this journey. And today, that journey is Botch Pots and Share Shots live on tap. Remember, here at Botch Pots and Share Shots, we're calling to the ring from all the angles. We are excited to bring another edition of Botch Bots and Share Shots live on tap. This past week in Morrison, we had an opportunity to sit down with two great workers in the ring and two cool guys all the way around ahead of their Southern Heavyweight title match in the Kentucky Blue Blood, Justin Savage and Larry D from the Impact Zone. We had an opportunity to chat about ring psychology, where they came from as young wrestlers, what independent wrestling means to each one of them, and, you know, a little food so we still get over So we're really excited about this week's independent showcase featuring Larry D and the Kentucky Blue Blood, Justin Savage. All right, everybody. Joining us right now from the Impact Zone, Impact Wrestling Superstar, Larry D. Hey, Larry, how are you? I'm doing great, my friend. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Let's jump right to it. Let's talk about where did wrestling start for you? Uh, Wrestling started in the state of Kentucky for me in the central Kentucky area uh, a long, long, long time ago when I was just a teenager. And uh, from there, it just evolved after several, several, several years of just staying in my home state and then deciding to travel is where it finally uh, sailed me to the next level. Excellent. Let's talk about your, your coming up. What was it like as a young wrestler coming out of Kentucky and like getting into the independent scene and moving up as your career went? Well, it was, it was much different for me because I was still in school. I was still uh, a junior in high school. And, you know, I had to, I would wrestle Tuesday night through Sunday night and, you know, wake up on couches and, and, and finish homework at the breakfast table. Uh, but fortunately, with my parents, it was real supportive as long as I, uh, I had to make the promise that I was going to graduate high school. And that's what I did. So typically, I was home every night, just long days. Uh, let's talk about some of your first ones. Do you remember your first match? I do remember my first match. It was against my trainer, uh, Michael Payne. And uh, it was not very good, but uh, it, it was a very, I'll never forget that moment. It was, it was real, real touching to me. Excellent. Do you have a favorite match so far in your career that you've had a chance to work with? A favorite wrestler, somebody you've had a chance to work with? Uh, yeah, I think that, that my favorite is uh, the match that, that made me uh, or see what let the world know that I could wrestle at the next level. And that was against Jonathan Gresham at the IWA uh, Mid South TPI tournament in 2017. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, I'll be out here tonight defending the title. You ready to have some fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm here. I'm ready, my man. Thank you. We're doing a podcast. We're doing a podcast. They're interviewing me for a podcast. Yeah. You ready to have a good time? We'll see you out there, okay? Yeah. Yeah. All right. We can do that. Good to see you. Good to see you, buddy. Yes, sir. I'm going to be good. All right. There you go. He wants a dab. There you yes, go. Sir. All right. I love pro wrestling. <laughs> That's what it's all about right there, man. Yes, sir. So uh, uh, with the market flush with talent right now, what makes you stand out on the independent circuit and moving into impact? Uh, I think I got the best right hand in pro wrestling. Uh, I think I have the best work ethic in pro wrestling, if not the best or one of the best. Uh, I, I think that that's what it takes to thrive and succeed is uh, when your back's against the wall or when times are tough, it's how you react. It's where you come from, where you go, and it's no different than anything I've done on the independent scene and on to the next level is just continue to go with what's thrown at me and knock it out the park each time I get the chance. Absolutely, man. So independent wrestling in 2022 looks a lot different than it did in previous years. How did you adapt to a pandemic during something like COVID-19? Well, it was different for me because I had left my my welding job and uh, I took a leap of faith right as uh, COVID had fired up. I was signed to Impact for about a year. And then uh, with the support of my wife and family, uh, we we decided the journey that I could be a full-time professional wrestler and that... Uh, and, and it's the best decision ever made. Uh, but, but as far as like adjusting, is that it's very difficult, you know, hopping on an airplane, 
and you're 40,000 feet in the air and you know you have to wear a mask at all times, it's hard to breathe up there. Uh, for no one that's ever flown before or lived the life of a wrestler, you are in tight confined spaces as it is at 300 pounds. So you could imagine with a mask on, but you know, whatever we have to do to stay safe and continue to do our jobs, I feel that it's necessary and I, I don't have anything wrong with that. So what is uh, some of your favorite parts about coming back to these smaller house shows? I love it. It's, it, it reminds me of where I came from. It keeps me humble. Uh, the, the thing that I love the most is the fact that I get to go out and I get to spread knowledge. You know, I've, I've got 20 plus years under my belt and I've been blessed to wrestle on the smallest of stages and then on a worldwide stage with impact. And, and coming back here, just it's my duty to get the best out of my opponents. It's my duty to get the best out of the dressing room backstage. And it's my duty to make sure that wrestling's done right. Excellent, man. I appreciate it. So regional titles during the territory days were always very prestigious on the independent circuit. So how does it feel to hold one of these titles now in the TAP Southern Heavyweight title? Uh, it's, it's just an honor to do so. It's an honor to back any title anywhere that you go. I think that it just shows that, that you're a hard worker and that the company believes in you to, to put you in a position to where you could win such a title. Uh, Tap Wrestling has put me in a position. Uh, my talents have proven that I deserve to be the champion and I continue to believe in myself and move forward and always drop this right hand. <laughs> <laughs> so with you, you had some time with IWA. You were a two-time Mid-South champion with there. Let's test base what it was like working with that promotion a little bit. Oh, man, it was it was a jump. It was definitely something different that I wasn't used to. Before I went to IWA, I was, I was involved in just local Kentucky wrestling. And then I went to IWA where it was much different. It was more an upper-level uh, show, and I had to advance and prove that I deserved to be there. And, you know, it was the best move ever made in my wrestling career was to go to IWA. And, and a lot of people will say there are things about Ian Rotten. A lot of people will talk bad or, or however they have their opinion. And that's none of my business. But I'll say this, like I always have about Ian Rotten is from the day that I started business with him until I'm sitting here talking to you right now, he's always been good to me. And I'm very, very thankful for opportunities that Ian Rotten gave me because without that, I don't feel that I would be where I'm at today on the level. So coming up through your independent life and then you finally get a shot with a company like Impact, what did that feel like to really break through with them? Well, it was, it was a dream come true. Uh, people want to, you know, they, they, they start their wrestling careers and they want to be on television and they want to sign the television deals. And it was something I never thought that I would get to do. Uh, but it was something that I knew that I loved was pro wrestling and it's something I knew that I wanted to make my living and be my life. And, you know, through hard work in, in 20 plus years, that happened and I couldn't be more blessed. I couldn't be more happy and more thankful for opportunities that I've got. Excellent. So recently with Impact at Final Resolution, you had a chance to lock up with an ECW original and Tommy Dreamer. How did it feel to have a chance to work with a hardcore legend like Dreamer? And how did you prepare for a match with like that caliber on that level? Uh, well, anytime that you get to share the ring with a Tommy Dreamer, you have to up your game. Um, obviously, uh, someone like me that's fairly new to television wrestling at that stage, uh, it, it was very nerve wracking because you don't want to you don't want to go out there and stink the place up, you know. Uh, but but with Dreamer, he's such a talented wrestler. He's such a talented mind. And, and to be on the stage in front of the world with Tommy Dreamer, I'm in heaven, man. I, I learned so much from Tommy Dreamer, uh, not only in the match, but backstage uh, and everything else that goes with professional wrestling. And uh, I think that I, I get to learn from some of the best minds in wrestling, and he's one of them. Excellent. So let's get into some rapid-fire questions before I cut you loose, man, and get ready for the show. Who's your personal favorite superstar of all time? My, oh, my personal favorite superstar of all time. Wow. I mean, I feel... I feel that, that I'm a big Dusty Rhodes guy, and I think that is because we relate on such a level of, you know, I, I'm on here, I just want to come to work and be the hardworking man, and that's that's all I know, whether you have me as Lawrence D, Larry D, or, or uh, Backlands Bart, I'm going to give you all I got for my family and everyone else. Excellent, man. Do you have a favorite finish other than clobbering people with that big right? You know, uh, as long as I'm winning the one, two, three, that's the biggest finish I care about, whether it's the right hand or anything else. All right, when you're on the road and you're craving something from fast food, what's your favorite fast food spot? Oh, man, we, we I don't really have a favorite because we visit so many. Uh, <laughs> when my wife and I, we usually take these trips and we'll, we won't find like an Applebee's. We won't find like Old Charlie's. We'll find like local diners, dine-ins. We'll Google places to go. And one of the, one of the, our, what is the name of the place up there? Uh, 
Illinois, right there for Iowa, Kickapoo, Illinois. There's a diner up there right off the exit. It's wonderful. I hate that. I can't remember the name, but they have the best pie and they have the best menu that you could have. It's, it reminds you of like 50s, 60s. It's really cool. We stop there every time on the way to Iowa. Nice. As a as chef in my real world scenario, I appreciate the idea of stopping at a mom and pop shop. Yeah. That means a lot. Like that's the kind of stuff that keeps that like that stuff driven. You know, people right. get off the beaten path with it. Uh, final question for you, man. Well, if you're listening to a match, what kind of music are you listening to? Do you have a favorite performance artist or musical group? Uh, when you hear tonight, you'll hear Larry D come to the ring with his smoking hot wife to Molly Cyrus Heart of Glass. Nice. Excellent. Larry D, a pleasure talking to you, man. Hey, thank Appreciate you for having me. Thanks for stopping honor. by and talking about some wrestling with me, buddy. Absolutely. It was my honor. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, sir. Hey, thank you, guys. Are we recording? No. <laughs> All right, everybody. Joining us right now, we've got the Kentucky Blue Blood, Justin Savage. Justin, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me here. Excellent, man. Let's go, just go ahead and jump right into it, and let's talk about where wrestling began for you as a fan. Uh, probably about the age of three. I uh, watched uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart from WrestleMania 13, and just that match just got me into it. Like, you know, it was the storytelling and just... I fell in love with it since then. When did wrestling become more than just a hobby or a fan? When did it become what you wanted to do for your living? Oh, man. <laughs> it's always been something I wanted to do for a living. It's just having the means to be able to do it. So uh, I worked construction for a couple years to uh, save up so I could go to JPWA, train, and, you know, I've been on the road ever since then. Excellent. Let's jump into it. Let's talk about the Jacobs Pritchard Wrestling Academy. What was it like to have a chance to learn and work with two of the the giants in the industry? Man, I tell you what, it was a it was a blessing, man. Uh, very grateful for Dr. Tom and Glenn Jacobs. If I hadn't done that, I probably wouldn't be here today. So, you know, just getting to train with them five days a week and you know cut promos on Sundays, it was great. And just having him give you the feedback tell you what you need to do and everything is it very worth my time worth it excellent so when you're there at the school you guys had your your normal rundown you took your bumps in the ring you did that did you have things like promo classes character development like let's break down kind of like what it was like for you coming up in that part of your career uh on sundays was a promo day and that was character development day um so you know the first week you know he gives you a topic like apples you cut a promo on apples or whatever and you just go from there. But then, you know, once you start figuring out who you want to be, you, you start cutting the promos in that character and that gimmick, and then you run with it. All right, so a lot of wrestlers say when they do this, they take their personality, they turn it up to 11. What part of Justin Savage do you turn up to 11 when you climb in the ring? I turn it all on up, you know. When I'm a babyface, I turn on the charm, you know, because I'm an easygoing guy, you know. The Kentucky Blue Bloods up. High class redneck, you know. I like my bourbon, but you know, it's it's 100 me for sure. Like, you know, I don't think I'm high class or anything, but you know, just I like my bourbon, you know, two story trailer. Hey, it's, it's the blue blood, man. Sounds like you're living your best life, brother. Um, so, what does indie wrestling look like for Justin Savage in 2022? I think this. I think it's. Uh, I think it's gonna be good, man. This the I get I got a lot of momentum right now. You know, I'm trying to build on from the matches leading up to this the smash tonight against Larry D. And you know, um, I think it's gonna be very good for the Kentucky Blue Blood this year. Excellent. So pretty much everywhere you've gone in the region, the territories, you've held gold in just about every promotion you've been in. Yes. Let's talk about your time in PWA and your run as their heavyweight champion. You know, when I when I started working for PWA. Um, it was an honor to become the first ever PWA heavyweight champion. And, you know, it just showed that that company had faith in me. And uh, they were, hey, you're our, you're our first champ. This, it's on you. We're letting you run with it. And, you know, I ran with it for a good while. And, uh, you know, I wanted a Kentucky Bull Rope match. Very, very physical match. And, uh, you know, I remember just, you know, probably two months ago, Unfortunately for me, you know, it came my title run came to an end. But you know, uh, 
it's all right. You know, I'm, I'm just uh, I got to focus on Matt Starr right now and uh, that thing, that rivalry we got going on. You know, we just had a fans leather strap match last night. If you missed, you should have been there in Gladeville, Tennessee. I mean, it was it was a good match. Excellent. There's always a lot of uh, prestige in carrying regional or territory titles. What does being a champ for somebody like T uh, TAP mean to you? I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, it, it's it's showing. You know, to be the Southern Hillway champion. You're the Southern Hillway champion of this region, you know? And if I can accomplish this tonight, it'll show that, hey, this company, hey, this company's taking a faith in me. So it, it, it'll mean a lot. So you recently scored the win over Zach Austin to become the number one contender for that Southern Heavyweight title. What do you like most about working with TAP and having a chance to work with some of these young stars that are coming up too in the independent scene? You know, the, the creative freedom you got here, you know, um, and working with some of these guys is, you know, it's, it's fun because, you know, it's different styles. And I love it because you never know what you're going to get one night from the next. Like, you know, Zach, he's he's a brawler. He's, he's a tough, you know, SOB. So, you know, those have been my most physical matches. How do you prepare for somebody like Larry D? He's got a history working for some promotions that have some hardcore backgrounds. How do you prepare mentally for going into a ring for somebody who's that hardcore? Well, man, you know, a lot of film, a lot of film and, you know, training in the gym, you know, just trying to get myself ready for that physicality because, you know, I know it's going to be a physical match. You know, you got two Kentucky guys going at it, too, you know, and look at Larry, you know, he's got the size advantage on me. He's got the experience on me, but don't let that count count, count me out because uh, I was trained and I'm not a I'm not a rookie anymore. Absolutely. So getting the gold is the immediate goal for you. But what else is on the horizon for the Kentucky Blue Blood outside of TAP? Like heading back into PWA, heading to, to some more local regions? Like what's on the books for you? Uh, right now, you know, next Friday I'll be in Gladeville, Tennessee for PWA. And, you know, that's that's mainly my uh, home for right now. But, you know, you never know where I'm going to pop up. You know, uh, the Kentucky Blue Blood, he, he's needing to expand. So you never know where you're going to see him at. All right, I've got to ask you a question, man. I was looking you up online, doing all my research. So it says, drink bourbon, kick ass, repeat. Now, <laughs> this is where I'm going to jump in here, and we're going to have a, an off-the-shoot wrestling conversation that has nothing to do with wrestling. Let's right. talk bourbon for a second, okay? Oh, man. Being from Kentucky, what's your favorite distillery? Kentucky bourbon, by far. Yeah? By far. It's got the best bourbon ever. Yeah. Um, have you ever been to some of the other ones like Maker's Mark or Woodford or any of those guys? I don't like them. You don't no, like them? I don't like them. Woodford is, no, not, not, not for me. Not for me, man. No? Do you drink it straight or you drink with a cocktail? Uh, most of the time, whenever I'm feeling, feeling good, you know, it's straight. But, you know, sometimes I'll throw in, you know, taking a Red Bull behind it. But, hey, most of the time it's straight. All right, man. Uh, let's get off the, the trail a little bit here. What's your favorite food? Chicken. Fried chicken. chicken. Fried, Fried chicken. chicken? That's my specialty, man. <laughs> Outside of the wrestling world, I'm a chef. I've been with my catchphrase, chef by trademark by choice. Um, fried chicken's my go-to. If you had to stop on the road and you were eating a fast food restaurant, where are you going to stop for fast food? Unfortunately, McDonald's. It's it's fast, and I can get it and get out of here. Get out, get out of town. <laughs> uh, what do you like to do outside uh, wrestling for fun? Spend time with uh, my three-year-old little boy. My, my nine-year-old stepdaughter and train in the gym and just be around family. Uh, Two-part question right now. Do you have a favorite match that's your favorite personal match that you've done, and do you have a favorite match that isn't one you've been in? Oh, man, you put me on the spot there. I got, I got two favorite matches, really. One was with uh, WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. Getting a take on him in uh, my hometown down here in Tennessee was, was a blast. Another one I'd have to say is uh, with Toby Farley. You know, every time me and Toby Farley would step in the ring, it was it was magic. You know, we'd go out there and have great matches, and those are two by far that you know are up there for me. Now, one that I oh man that I haven't had a blast working. Oh man, woof. <laughs> I would say it would have to be, I'm not going to say the guy's name, I'm not throwing him on the bus, but uh, somebody who didn't want to listen in the ring. And uh, unfortunately, you know, for him, it wasn't a very good night for him. And it wasn't nice for me either because, you know, I had to be the 
I was a veteran of the two of us, and I just had to be like, hey, shut up, listen, we're doing this. Well, he didn't, so we went home, one, two, three. <laughs> so what do you do as an experienced wrestler when you get in the ring with somebody who's a little bit more green and they're having trouble following what you're leading in the ring? How do you handle that? Uh, for one, you find out what they are what they can do, what they're capable of. If they're not capable of a lot, we're not doing a lot. Uh, keep it simple. Uh, basic fundamentals. If they don't know the basic fundamentals, they shouldn't be in the ring. Excellent, man. Uh, do you do, do you collect any wrestling memorabilia or anything like that? I collect some uh, wrestling figures. Uh, I got a lot of old school, and, you know, I'm just, just a diehard wrestling fan at heart. What's your favorite one in your collection? Probably my stunning Steve Austin from, w, from WCW. A stunning Steve Austin from WCW. That's a piece right there, man. I, I love it, man, because it, it shows that, like, you know, yeah, he was with the big company, but, you know, look at him now. Absolutely. Yeah. He came Stone Cold Steve Austin, so, you know, they... You know, they messed up when they released it. So. You're, you never really know what you have until that, that next gimmick hits. I mean, look at somebody like uh, uh, me and Mark Calloway when you look at him. WCW did the same thing with The Undertaker, right? And that, that's right. I mean, you know, you never know. For sure. So let's talk about your match with Lawler for a second. He's a, a legend in the industry. He's held titles everywhere. He's literally a Hall of Famer. What was it like to have a chance to get into the ring to work with somebody like that? Man, I, that was a true honor right there. I mean... You know, getting to work Jerry the King Lawler, he was like saying, like I said, you know, I was working for USA Championship Wrestling at the time, and uh, you know, it's showing, hey, we want you're the hometown guy, we want you to go in there. We packed the building. Me and him went out there, had a, you know, it was a fun match. You know, I got to learn a lot from him. You know, and slowing down and taking my time and letting everything breathe. It's little things that mean something, too, in between the moves. It's not just the moves. It's in between, too. Yeah, it's like uh, people have said it's like playing jazz. The rest is just as important as the downbeat sometimes. So do you feel like, as a wrestler, that's one of the things that you can help expand a little bit more is letting these guys see that going fast all the time doesn't necessarily mean it's good wrestling. Being able to slow down and let the moves breathe and let everything happen. Do you feel like that's just as important as being able to go a thousand miles an hour all the time? I, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, if you're going a hundred miles an hour and I mean, you're, you don't hear nothing. They're just like sitting there with like on their, on their butts, you know, but if you let something breathe, they can take that moment in and they can either cheer or they can boo. But you got to let it breathe. You can't just sit there, go 500 miles an hour, and be like, getting, getting a, this is awesome, champ. Okay, it's awesome. Now what are you going to do from here? It's You're not going anywhere. You took it to the highest. Now what do you do? You can't do nothing. Yeah, if you start with a full cup, you've got nowhere to build, right? And like you were saying, it's important to get the pop from the crowd because when you're telling the story, there's the guys in the ring, the ref, the facial expressions, the moves, the crowd. And do you feel if you're moving too fast, you in, you can inhibit or stop the growth of any one of those single pieces of that puzzle, right? Exactly. I mean, like I said, I mean, if you're going in there and <laughs> you're doing spot, 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 woo, yay, good job. And then, you know, the crowd's sitting there like, all right, we already seen this. What are you doing now? Then, you know, if you're doing spot, 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 the next match comes out, and it's actually a wrestling clinic, and the crowd's going to react better to the wrestling clinic because they're like, okay, this is breathing. But I don't, I don't know, man. I've got a very old-school approach to wrestling. I grew up in the 80s watching it. I saw a lot of the territory stuff. Do you feel like you have more of that old school approach to it? Like uh, like collar, elbow, lock up, arm drag. Like get in there and do classic wrestling moves versus just high flying for the cheap pops? That's 100% me, you know. Like I said, you know, coming from Dr. Tom, you know, that's how you start a match. I mean, it's common sense, you know. You, you're not going to go, like, you don't want to start off with a high spot right at the beginning of the match because, like I said, where are you going from there? You're not going anywhere. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not old school yeah, I, I love I love the technical wrestling. All right, uh, give me a one quick uh, Doctor Tom story for me. <laughs> um, I don't know if I can tell it on the podcast, but uh, we've got the E for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, just you know, just 
when I was in Knoxville, you know, uh, Doc would ask me to stay after class, you know, me and him would just sit there, talk, and, you know, one night he's like, Justin, why do you want to do this? It's like, Doc, I just love it, man. And he's like, I get that. But why in the hell do people want to do it nowadays? He's, and I was like, Doc, that's a good question. I, I, don't, I don't know for you. He's like, well, just try to figure it out and run with it. So, you know, I picked, I was like, I love it. So that's why I'm doing it. And, you know, I want to make a career out of it. Man, that's awesome. I appreciate you stopping by, Justin. Give us a little bit of your time. Everybody, the Kentucky Blue Blood, Justin Savage. Tell everybody where you're at on your socials and stuff so they can find you. Uh, on Facebook, it's uh, Justin Savage. I also have a fan page on there. Just type in the Kentucky Blue Blood, Justin Savage. On Instagram, it's Kentucky Blue Blood JS. And on Twitter, it's Justin Savage. Justin, I appreciate you, brother, as always, man. Thanks for stopping by and chatting about some wrestling, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, guys. Now, as we close another episode of Botch Pots and Share Shots, I want to take a minute and thank you for listening. I want to remind you to go wherever you do anything on the internet. Google, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, literally anywhere you do anything, you have all the options. Like, follow, subscribe, unsubscribe, but then subscribe again. Leave a comment telling us how great we are, how terrible we sound. Either way, it helps the algorithm, helps us find new listeners. Now, if you're feeling really generous and wanting to be one of those VIP people, head over to Patreon.com and donate to the cause. You get some swag, and it helps us get some special guests. It's a win-win. As always, I am your host, The Will Gray. Thanks for stopping by and listening, my people. Hello to all my people, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're most definitely my people. Welcome to another episode of Botch Pots and Share Shots. We still have high hopes of delivering quality wrestling content, but if not, we'll deliver mediocre wrestling content. But we'll sprinkle in some independent wrestling and special guests, you know, so we still get over. I'm your host, a chef by trade and a mark by choice. I am the Will Gray, and I'm glad to be here with you today on this journey. And today, that journey is Botch Pots and Share Shots live on tap. Remember, here at Botch Bots and Share Shots, we're calling to the ring from all the angles. We are excited to bring another edition of Botch Bots and Share Shots live on tap. This past week in Morrison, we had an opportunity to sit down with two great workers in the ring and two cool guys all the way around ahead of their Southern Heavyweight title match in the Kentucky Blue Blood Justin Savage and Larry D from the Impact Zone. We had an opportunity to chat about ring psychology, where they came from as young wrestlers, what independent wrestling means to each one of them, and, you know, a little food so we still get over. So we're really excited about this week's independent showcase featuring Larry D and the Kentucky Blue Blood, Justin Savage. All right, everybody. Joining us right now from the Impact Zone, Impact Wrestling Superstar, Larry D. Hey, Larry, how are you? I'm doing great, my friend. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Let's jump right to it. Let's talk about where did wrestling start for you? Uh, wrestling started in the state of Kentucky for me in the central Kentucky area uh, a long, long, long time ago when I was just a teenager. And uh, from there, it just evolved after several, several, several years of just staying in my home state and then deciding to travel is where it finally uh, sailed me to the next level. Excellent. Let's talk about your, your coming up. What was it like as a young wrestler coming out of Kentucky and like, Getting into the independent scene and moving up as your career went. Well, it was it was much different for me because I was still in school. I was still uh, a junior in high school, and you know I had to I would wrestle Tuesday night through Sunday night, and you know wake up on couches and, and finish homework at the breakfast table. Uh, but fortunately, with my parents, it was real supportive. As long as I uh, I had to make the promise that I was going to graduate high school. And that's what I did. So typically I was home every night, just long days. Uh, let's talk about some of your first ones. Do you remember your first match? I do remember my first match. It was against my trainer, uh, Michael Payne. And uh, with him. it was not very good, but uh, it, it was a very, I'll never forget that moment. It was, it was real, real touching to me. 
Excellent. Do you have a favorite match so far in your career that you've had a chance to work with? A favorite wrestler, somebody you've had a chance to work with? Uh, yeah, I think that, that my favorite is uh, the match that, that made me uh, or see what let the world know that I could wrestle at the next level. And that was against Jonathan Gresham at the IWA uh, Mid-South TPI Tournament in 2017. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Wonderful. I'll be out here tonight defending the title. You ready to have some fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm here. I'm ready, my man. Thank you. We're doing a podcast. What? We're doing a podcast. They're interviewing me for a podcast. Wow. Yeah. You ready to have a good time? Mm-hmm. We'll see you out there, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good thing, good thing. Yeah. All right. We can do that. Good to see you. Good to see you, buddy. <laughs> see you. Hi, good. Yes, sir. I'm going to be good. All right. There you go. He wants a dab. There you yes, go. Sir. All right. I love pro wrestling. That's what it's all about right there, man. Yes, sir. So uh, the, with the market flush with talent right now, what makes you stand out on the independent circuit and moving into impact? Uh, I think I got the best right hand in pro wrestling. Uh, I think I have the best work ethic in pro wrestling, if not the best or one of the best. Uh, I, I think that that's what it takes to thrive and succeed is uh, when your back's against the wall or when times are tough, it's how you react. It's where you come from, where you go, and it's no different than anything I've done on the independent scene and on to the next level is just continue to go with what's thrown at me and knock it out the park each time I get the chance. Absolutely, man. So independent wrestling in 2022 looks a lot different than it did in previous years. How did you adapt to a pandemic during something like COVID-19? Well, it was different for me because I had left my my welding job, and uh, I took a leap of faith right as uh, – COVID had fired up. I was signed to Impact for about a year. And then uh, with the support of my wife and family, uh, we we decided the journey that I could be a full-time professional wrestler and that, uh, and, and it's the best decision ever made. Uh, but, but as far as like adjusting, is that it's very difficult, you know, hopping on an airplane and you're 40,000 feet in the air and you know, you have to wear a mask at all times. It's hard to breathe up there. Uh, for no one that's ever flown before or lived the life of a wrestler, you are in tight, confined spaces as it is at 300 pounds. So you could imagine with a mask on. But, you know, whatever we have to do to stay safe and continue to do our jobs, I feel that it's necessary and I, I don't have anything wrong with that. So what is uh, some of your favorite parts about coming back to these smaller house shows? I love it. It's, it, it reminds me of where I came from. It keeps me humble. Uh, the, the thing that I love the most is the fact that I get to go out and I get to spread knowledge. You know, I've, I've got 20 plus years under my belt and I've been blessed to wrestle on the smallest of stages and then on a worldwide stage with impact. And, and coming back here, just it's my duty to get the best out of my opponents. It's my duty to get the best out of the dressing room backstage. And it's my duty to make sure that wrestling's done right. Excellent, man, I appreciate it. So regional titles during the territory days were always very prestigious on the independent circuit. So how does it feel to hold one of these titles now in the TAP Southern Heavyweight title? Uh, it's, it's just an honor to do so. It's an honor to back any title anywhere that you go. I think that it just shows that, that you're a hard worker and that the company believes in you to, to put you in a position where you could win such a title. Uh, TAP Wrestling has put me in a position. Uh, my talents have proven that I deserve to be the champion and I continue to believe in myself and move forward and always drop this right hand. <laughs> so with you, you had some time with IWA. You were a two-time Mid-South champion with there. Let's test base what it was like working with that promotion a little bit. Oh, man, it was it was a jump. It was definitely something different that I wasn't used to. Before I went to IWA, I was, I was involved in just local Kentucky wrestling. And then I went to IWA where it was much different. It was more an upper-level uh, show, and I had to advance and prove that I deserved to be there. And, you know, it was the best move ever made in my wrestling career was to go to IWA. And, and a lot of people will say there are things about Ian Rotten. A lot of people will talk bad or, or however they have their opinion, and that's none of my business. But I'll say this, like I always have about Ian Rotten is from the day that I started business with him until I'm sitting here talking to you right now, he's always been good to me. And I'm very, very thankful for opportunities that Ian Rotten gave me because without that, I don't feel that I would be where I'm at today on the level. So coming up through your independent life and then you finally get a shot with a company like Impact, what did that feel like to really break through with them? Well, it was it was a dream come true. Uh, people want to, you know, they, they 
they start their wrestling careers and they want to be on television and they want to sign the television deals. And it was something I never thought that I would get to do. Uh, but it was something that I knew that I loved was pro wrestling. And it's something that I knew that I wanted to make my living and be my life. And, you know, through hard work in, in 20 plus years, that happened. And I couldn't be more blessed. I couldn't be more happy and more thankful for opportunities that I've got. Excellent. So recently with Impact at Final Resolution, you had a chance to lock up with an ECW original and Tommy Dreamer. How did it feel to have a chance to work with a hardcore legend like Dreamer? And how did you prepare for a match with like that caliber on that level? Uh, well, anytime that you get to share the ring with a Tommy Dreamer, you have to up your game. Um, obviously, uh, someone like me that's fairly new to television wrestling at that stage, uh, it, it was very nerve wracking because you don't want to you don't want to go out there and stink the place up, you know. Uh, but but with Dreamer, he's such a talented wrestler. He's such a talented mind. And, and to be on the stage in front of the world with Tommy Dreamer, I'm in heaven, man. I, I learned so much from Tommy Dreamer, uh, not only in the match, but backstage uh, and everything else that goes with professional wrestling. And uh, I think that I, I get to learn from some of the best minds in wrestling, and he's one of them. Excellent. So let's get into some rapid fire questions before I cut you loose, man, and get ready for the show. Who's your personal favorite superstar of all time? My, oh, my personal favorite superstar of all time. Wow. I mean, I feel I feel that, that I'm a big Dusty Rhodes guy, and I think that is because we relate on such a level of, you know, I, I'm here, I just want to come to work and be the hardworking man, and that's, that's all I know, whether you have me. As Lawrence D, Larry D, or, or uh, Backlands Bart, I'm going to give you all I got for my family and everyone else. Excellent, man. Do you have a favorite finish other than clobbering people with that big right? You know, uh, as long as I'm winning the one, two, three, that's the biggest finish I care about, whether it's the right hand or anything else. All right, when you're on the road and you're craving something from fast food, what's your favorite fast food spot? Oh, man, we, we I don't really have a favorite because we visit so many. Uh, <laughs> when my wife and I, we usually take these trips and we'll, we won't find like an Applebee's. We won't find like Old Charlie's. We'll find like local diners, dine-ins. We'll Google places to go. And one of the, one of the, our, what is the name of the place up there in uh, Illinois, right there for Iowa? Kickapoo, Illinois. There's a diner up there right off the exit. It's wonderful. I hate that. I can't remember the name, but they have the best pie and they have the best menu that you could have. It's Reminds you of like 50s, 60s. It's really cool. We stop there every time on the way to Iowa. Nice. As a as chef in my real world scenario, I appreciate the idea of stopping at a mom and pop shop. Yeah. That means a lot. Like that's the kind of stuff that keeps that like that stuff driven. You know, people right. get off the beaten path with it. Uh, final question for you, man. Well, if you're listening to a match, what kind of music are you listening to? Do you have a favorite performance artist or musical group? Uh, when you hear tonight, you'll hear Larry D come to the ring with his smoking hot wife to Molly Cyrus Heart of Glass. Nice. Excellent. Larry D, a pleasure talking to you, man. Hey, thank Appreciate you for having me. It was thanks such for an stopping honor. by and talking about some wrestling with me, buddy. Absolutely. It was my honor. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, sir. Hey, thank you guys. Are we recording? No. <laughs> All right, everybody. Joining us right now, we've got the Kentucky Blue Blood, Justin Savage. Justin, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me here. Excellent, man. Let's go, just go ahead and jump right into it, and let's talk about where wrestling began for you as a fan. Uh, probably about the age of three. I uh, watched uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart from WrestleMania 13, and just that match just got me into it. Like, you know, it was the storytelling, and just I fell in love with it since then. When did wrestling become more than just a hobby or a fan? When did it become what you wanted to do for your living? Oh, man. <laughs> It's always been something I wanted to do for a living. It's just having the means to be able to do it. So uh, I worked construction for a couple of years to uh, save up so I could go to JPWA, train, and you know I've been on the road ever since then. Excellent. Let's jump into it. Let's talk about the Jacobs Pritchard Wrestling Academy. What was it like to have a chance to learn and work with two of the the giants in the industry? Man, I tell you what, it was a it was a blessing, man. Uh, very grateful for Dr. Tom and Glenn Jacobs. If I hadn't done that, I probably wouldn't be here today. So, you know, just getting to train with them five days a week and, you know, cut promos on Sundays, it was great. And just having him give you the feedback and tell you what you need to do and everything is, it 
very worth my time. Worth it. Excellent. So when you're there at the school, you guys had your, your normal rundown. You took your bumps in the ring. You did that. Did you have things like promo classes, character development? Like, let's break down kind of like what it was like for you coming up in that part of your career. Uh, on Sundays was a promo day, and that was character development day. Um, so, you know, the first week, you know, he gives you a topic like apples. You cut a promo on apples or whatever, and you just go from there. But then, you know, once you start figuring out who you want to be, you, you start cutting promos in that character and that gimmick, and then you run with it. All right, so a lot of wrestlers say when they do this, they take their personality, they turn it up to 11. What part of Justin Savage do you turn up to 11 when you climb in the ring? I turn it all on up. You know, when I'm a baby face, I turn on the charm, you know, because I'm an easygoing guy, you know. The Kentucky Blue Blood's a high-class redneck, you know. <laughs> I like my bourbon, but, you know, it's, it's 100% me for sure. Like, you know, I don't think I'm high-class or anything, but, you know, just I like my bourbon, you know, two-story trailer. Hey, it's the blue blood, man. Sounds like you're living your best life, brother. Um, so what does indie wrestling look like for Justin Savage in 2022? I think this, I think it's uh, I think it's gonna be good, man. This the I get I got a lot of momentum right now. You know, I'm trying to build on from the matches leading up to this the smash tonight against Larry D. And you know, um, I think it's gonna be very good for the Kentucky Blue Blood this year. Excellent. So pretty much everywhere you've gone in the region, the territories, you've held gold in just about every promotion you've been in. Yes. Let's talk about your time in PWA and your run as their heavyweight champion. You know, when I when I started working for PWA, uh, it was an honor to become the first ever PWA heavyweight champion. And, you know, it just showed that that company had faith in me. And uh, they were, hey, you're our, you're our first champ. This It's on you. We're letting you run with it. And, you know, I ran with it for a good while. And, uh, you know, I wanted a Kentucky Bull Rope match. Very very physical match. And, uh, you know, I remember just, you know, probably two months ago, unfortunately for me, you know, it came my title run came to an end. But, you know, uh, it's all right. You know, I'm, I'm just uh, – I got to focus on Matt Starr right now. And uh, that thing – that rivalry we got going on, you know. We just had a fans leather strap match last night. You missed. You should have been there in Gladeville, Tennessee. I mean, it was it was a good match. Excellent. There's always a lot of uh, prestige in carrying regional or territory titles. What does being a champ for somebody like T uh, TAP mean to you? I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, it, it's it's showing. You know, to be the Southern Heavyweight Champion, you're the Southern Heavyweight Champion of this region. You know, and if I can accomplish this tonight, it'll show that hey, this company hey. This company's taking a faith in me, so it, it, it'll mean a lot. So you recently scored the win over Zach Austin to become the number one contender for that Southern Heavyweight title. What do you like most about working with TAP and having a chance to work with some of these young stars that are coming up, too, in the independent scene? You know, the, the creative freedom you got here, you know, um, and working with some of these guys, it's, you know, it's, it's fun because, you know, it's different styles, and I love it. Cause you never know what you're gonna get one night from the next. Like you know, Zach, he's he's a brawler. He's he's a tough you know sob. So you know, those have been my most physical matches. How do you prepare for somebody like Larry D? He's got a history working for some promotions that have some hardcore backgrounds. How do you prepare mentally for going into a ring for somebody who's that hardcore? Well, man, you know, a lot of film, a lot of film, and you know, training in the gym. You know, just trying to get myself ready for that physicality. Cause you know, I know. It's going to be a physical match, you know. You got two Kentucky guys going at it too, you know. And look at Larry, you know, he's got the size advantage on me. He's got the experience on me. But don't let that count 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 me out because uh, I was trained and I'm not a I'm not a rookie anymore. Absolutely. So getting the gold is the immediate goal for you. But what else is on the horizon for the Kentucky Blue Blood outside of TAP? Like heading back into PWA, heading to to some more local regions. Like what's on the books for you? Uh, right now, you know, next Friday I'll be in Gladeville, Tennessee for PWA. And, you know, that's that's mainly my uh, home for right now. But, you know, you never know where I'm going to pop up. You know, uh, the Kentucky Blue Blood, he, he's needing to expand. So you never know where you're going to see him at. All right. I've got to ask you a question, man. I was looking you up online, doing all my research. So it says, drink bourbon, kick ass, repeat. 
Now, this is where I'm going to jump in here, and we're going to have a, an off-the-shoot wrestling conversation that has nothing to do with wrestling. Let's right. talk bourbon for a second, okay? Oh, man. Being from Kentucky, what's your favorite distillery? Kentucky bourbon, by far. Yeah? By far. It's got the best bourbon ever. Yeah? Um, have you ever been to some of the other ones like Maker's Mark or Woodford or any of those guys? I don't like them. You don't no, like them? I don't like them. Woodford is, no, not, not, not for me. Not for me, man. No? Do you drink it straight or you drink with a cocktail? Uh, most of the time, whenever I'm feeling I'm feeling good, you know, it's straight. But, you know, sometimes I'll throw in, you know, taking a Red Bull behind it. But, hey, most of the time it's straight. All right, man. Uh, let's get off the, the trail a little bit here. What's your favorite food? Chicken. Fried chicken. chicken. Fried, Fried chicken? chicken? That's my specialty, man. <laughs> Outside of the wrestling world, I'm a chef. I'm my catchphrase, chef by trademark by choice. Um, fried chicken's my go-to. If you had to stop on the road and you were eating a fast food restaurant, where are you going to stop for fast food? Unfortunately, McDonald's. It's it's fast, and I can get it and get out of here, get out, get out of town. <laughs> uh, what do you like to do outside uh, wrestling for fun? Spend time with uh, my three-year-old little boy, my ni- my nine-year-old stepdaughter, and train in the gym and just be around family. Uh, two-part question right now. Do you have a favorite match that's your favorite personal match that you've done? And do you have a favorite match that isn't one you've been in? Oh, man, you put me on the spot there. I got I got two favorite matches, really. One was with uh, WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. Getting to take on him in uh, my hometown down here in Tennessee was, was a blast. Another one I'd have to say is uh, with Toby Farley. You know, every time me and Toby Farley would step in the ring, it was it was magic you know we'd go out there and have great matches and those are two by far that you know are up there for me now one that i oh man that i haven't had a blast working oh man (laughs) i would say it would have to be i'm not gonna say the guy's name i'm not throwing him on the bus but uh somebody who didn't want to listen in the ring and uh Unfortunately, you know, for him, it wasn't a very good night for him, and it wasn't nice for me either because, you know, I had to be the – I was the veteran of the two of us, and I just had to be like, hey, shut up, listen, we're doing this. Well, he didn't, so we went home, one, two, three. <laughs> so what do you do as an experienced wrestler when you get in the ring with somebody who's a little bit more green and they're having trouble following what you're leading in the ring? How do you handle that? Uh, for one, you find out what they're what they can do, what they're capable of. If they're not capable of a lot, we're not doing a lot. Uh, keep it simple. Uh, basic fundamentals. If they don't know the basic fundamentals, they shouldn't be in the ring. Excellent, man. Uh, do you do? Do you collect any wrestling memorabilia or anything like that? I collect some uh, wrestling figures. Uh, I got a lot of old school, and you know, I'm just. Just a diehard wrestling fan at heart. What's your favorite one in your collection? Probably my stunning Steve Austin from w- from WCW. A stunning Steve Austin from WCW. That's a piece right there, man. I, I love it, man, because it-, it shows that, like, you know, yeah, he was with the big company, but, you know, look at him now. Absolutely. Yeah. He became Stone Cold Steve Austin, so, you know, they... You know, they messed up when they released them. So. You're, you never really know what you have until that, that next gimmick hits. I mean, look at somebody like uh, uh, Mean Mark Calloway when you look at him. WCW did the same thing with The Undertaker, right? And that, that's right. I mean, you know, you never know. For sure. So let's talk about your match with Lawler for a second. He's a, a legend in the industry. He's held titles everywhere. He's literally a Hall of Famer. What was it like to have a chance to get into the ring to work with somebody like that? Man, I, that was a true honor right there. I mean... You know, getting to work Jerry the King Lawler, it was like saying, like I said, you know, I was working for USA Championship Wrestling at the time, and uh, you know, it's showing, hey, we want you're the hometown guy, we want you to go in there. We packed the building. Me and him went out there, had a, you know, it was a fun match. You know, I got to learn a lot from him. You know, and slowing down and taking my time and letting everything breathe. It's little things that mean something, too, in between the moves. It's not just the moves. It's in between, too. Yeah, it's like uh, people have said it's like playing jazz. The rest is just as important as the downbeats sometimes. So do you feel like 
as a wrestler, that's one of the things that you can help expand a little bit more is letting these guys see that going fast all the time doesn't necessarily mean it's good wrestling. Being able to slow down and let the moves breathe and let everything happen. Do you feel like that's just as important as being able to go a thousand miles an hour all the time? I, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, if you're going a hundred miles an hour and I mean, you're, you don't hear nothing. They're just like sitting there with like on their on their butts, you know. But if you let something breathe, they can take that moment in. They can either cheer or they can boo. But you gotta let it breathe. You can't just sit there, go 500 miles an hour, and be like getting getting a this is awesome chant. Okay, it's awesome. Now what are you gonna do from here? It's you're not going anywhere. You took it to the highest. Now what do you do? You can't do nothing. Yeah, if you start with a full cup, you've got nowhere to build, right? And like you were saying, it's important to get the pop from the crowd because when you're telling the story, there's the guys in the ring, the ref, the facial expressions, the moves, the crowd. And do you feel if you're moving too fast, you in, you can inhibit or stop the growth of any one of those single pieces of that puzzle, right? Exactly. I mean, like I said, I mean, if you're going in there and <laughs> you're doing spot, 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 woo, yay, good job. And then, you know... The crowd's sitting there like, all right, we already seen this. What are you doing now? Then, you know, if you're doing spot, 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 the next match comes out, and it's actually a wrestling clinic, and the crowd's going to react better to the wrestling clinic because they're like, okay, this is breathing. But I don't, I don't know, man. I've got a very old-school approach to wrestling. I grew up in the 80s watching it. I saw a lot of the territory stuff. Do you feel like you have more of that old school approach to it? Like uh, like collar, elbow, lock up, arm drag. Like get in there and do classic wrestling moves versus just high flying for the cheap pops? That's 100% me, you know. Like I said, you know, coming from Dr. Tom, you know, that's how you start a match. I mean, it's common sense, you know. You, you're not going to go, like, you don't want to start off with a high spot right at the beginning of the match because, like I said, where are you going from there? You're not going anywhere. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not old school yeah, I, I love I love the technical wrestling. All right, uh, give me a one quick to, uh, Dr. Tom story for me. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can tell it on the podcast, but uh, we've got the E for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, just you know, just when I was in Knoxville, you know, uh, Doc would ask me to stay after class. You know, me and him would just sit there talk, and you know. <laughs> One night he's like, Justin, why do you want to do this? It's like, Doc, I just love it, man. And he's like, I get that. But why in the hell do people want to do it nowadays? He's, and I was like, Doc, that's a good question. I, I don't I don't know for you. He's like, well, just try to figure it out and run with it. So, you know, I pick, I was like, I love it. So that's why I'm doing it. And, you know, I want to make a career out of it. Man, that's awesome. I appreciate you stopping by, Justin. Give us a little bit of your time. Everybody, the Kentucky Blue Blood, Justin Savage. Tell everybody where you're at on your socials and stuff so they can find you. Uh, on Facebook, it's uh, Justin Savage. I also have a fan page on there. Just type in the Kentucky Blue Blood, Justin Savage. On Instagram, it's Kentucky Blue Blood JS. And on Twitter, it's Justin Savage. Justin, I appreciate you, brother, as always, man. Thanks for stopping by and chatting about some wrestling, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, guys. Now, as we close another episode of Botch Pots and Share Shots, I want to take a minute and thank you for listening. I want to remind you to go wherever you do anything on the internet. Google, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, literally anywhere you do anything, you have all the options. Like, follow, subscribe, unsubscribe, but then subscribe again. Leave a comment telling us how great we are, how terrible we sound. Either way, it helps the algorithm, helps us find new listeners. Now, if you're feeling really generous and wanting to be one of those VIP people, head over to Patreon.com and donate to the cause. You get some swag, and it helps us get some special guests. It's a win-win. As always, I am your host, V. Will Gray. Thanks for stopping by and listening, my people.